The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Champ, champ, what was the key to distributing your pack of city lightning to all your button men like all decade torpedo Laverne Delweg? I have no idea what you're talking about. Packer 1920s stalwart, Laverne Delweg, NFL all-decade tight end. I don't know what you're talking about. That's a good question, though. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Rodgers answering objectively the best question ever asked at a post-game press conference. And this is, of course, the APC podcast from SB Nation and AcmePackingCompany.com. On Twitter at the APC Pod. Subscribe to the show. Rate us. Tell your grandpa all about us. Your Green Bay Packers are four and one after defeating the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World, thirty-four to twenty-four. Aaron Rodgers, no touchdowns, but uh, played pretty well. Aaron Jones, though, my goodness, four rushing touchdowns on the day, leading the team and not just rushing but receiving as well. It was a banner day for Aaron Jones. And uh, we are here today to talk to you fine folks all about it. I am Zach Rapport in Albuquerque, New Mexico, joined in full force today, first by Ben Foldy in Detroit. Ben, how are you, man? I'm good. The light here is really quality. Yeah, I'm seeing getting the full the full Sean McVay effect right now. You're looking good. Thank you. <laughs> and of course, keeping our East Coast cred warm for us, dialing in from Brooklyn, is Alex Patakis. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Do you think that that reporter just knows ahead of time he's only going to ask the winning Pete, like the winning team, a question like that? Could you imagine Rogers handling that after a loss? Yeah, I don't think that would go over well. Yeah, I'm glad he handled it uh, in jest, um, and that he was in good spirits. I was listening to that press conference at like midnight local time, laying in bed, just kind of like still vibrating off the wind. <laughs> and I did like a double take, like what? Wait, what the fuck did I just? Did I just listen to? It's it's like a very boring uh, Nardwar. <laughs> like it's like a Nardwar with no like social benefit whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it's like a pointless Ali G. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, the Packers emerge victorious, thirty-four to twenty-four, and um, as we do, let's do some uh, let's do some note nugs. Notable nuggets. Hashtag note nugs. See you on the video chat. Summoning the ding, Alex Patakis. That means we're going to start with you. Give me your note nug coming out of this game in Dallas. You're still like frantically, I see you looking up stats like, what am I going to talk about? (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so uh, what do I want to talk about? There's a number of things. There's so many things I liked about this game, even though it was uh, one we still had to nervously sweat out. Um, I, I mean, I want to spend some time on the show talking about like the attitude of the team, as stupid as that is, um, because I just love it. <laughs> like, um, so I guess my note nug would be like petty packers who feel like they have something to prove is like a very, very fun version of that team to watch. Like between Aaron Jones, just waving in a grown man's face on his way to the end zone. Or is it Arius Smith very intentionally doing the Ray Lewis dance after uh, one of his um, two sacks, was it Um, on the game? Since Ray Lewis said that the Packers uh, front seven doesn't have any leadership and uh, Zadarius as the captain of the defense, clearly taking that personal. Um, So as Dumb as it is, and as much as I usually just like want to focus on football things, like I, I don't know why. Maybe it's like I'm getting older, but I, I just can't help but like come away from a game and just think about how much I love the the kind of attitude of this mix of players. And I think Rogers actually said something about it because he talked about um, he talked just about like personalities, the, the vibe of the team. Um, I, t- to me, that that makes watching football more fun. So I had a blast watching this game, even though there were so many things that could have been done better. Could have been done better, but um, yeah, like my my overwhelming thought coming out of it was, man, that's a fun team to like. There's personality. They're kind of a bully sometimes. Like they like to mix it up. They like to provoke you, and they're clearly aware of the dumb shit that people say in the media about them, and clearly are going out of their way to prove them wrong, which is which is awesome. So um, that's a weird nug, but that's my nug. For anyone who missed the whole Ray Lewis thing, I miss it as well because anytime I see his face come up on my, my Twitter feed, I'm like, hmm, that's not content I'm, I'm going to click on. But apparently the gist of, of, what he, of what he said during the week leading up to this game in a bit of, you know, whatever, like behind the table puffery that these guys do was, was talking about the absence of Clay Matthews now uh, on this Packers front and said this Packers front doesn't have, uh, you know, like some kind of like, doesn't have a dictator. I think he meant someone to like dictate whatever the aggression or personality of the defense and doesn't have someone to quote, like create havoc. And it's just, that's just spoken like someone who hasn't watched Packers football in like four years. Cause like, <laughs> Whoa, hang on a second. <laughs> Should just make the dog a personality in the show. That's what all pods with dogs do. Tell him, doggo. <laughs> that was the intern, Sonny, uh, who has come out of his shell after six weeks uh, in our house and uh, now decided that he, he has a voice. But uh, anyway, no, I, I was saying that um, before I was so cutely interrupted, <laughs> that, that, that whole point that he's making is a point that's based on a Packers team that hasn't existed for many years. Like even Clay Matthews on the team last year or the year before that was not the tone setter who is wreaking havoc is just like ridiculous. So for anyone that, that missed that or wonder or wondered why, um, Zedaria Smith was doing the Ray Lewis sack dance with like palpable sarcasm. That is, that is why. And I thought it was awesome as well. Yeah. And, and he also got, uh, in a little dust up with, um, Dak Prescott, which I want to add to the list of things that I loved about this game because Dak, like, yeah, he threw for a ton of yards, but he made some, bad mistakes i mean that also like his receiver let him down and obviously that first interception with jair but um like they're playing that head game a little bit too like fully fully love that um love seeing like 
just being the aggressor against the Cowboys team that a lot of people think is a contender, like on the road in their house, that's just such a, oh, it's just such an empowering feeling as a Packers fan who usually we're just like crossing our fingers that we don't get lit up for, you know, like 50 points on any given day. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree, uh, Alex, that that is, it's like refreshing. Another thing that I think is refreshing, Matt LaFleur. <laughs> I love that music. Don't get to play it enough here because he's not very quotable, to be honest. But it is looking more and more like Matt LaFleur was a good hire. I think that um, that he's demonstrated a knack for a great game script. I think the first 20 plays or so of each game have looked good, and they look better and better when you account for penalties and the fact that over the first couple games, the team is sort of learning the offense and 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 gelling uh, with each other and, and with the new scheme. But in particular, I think Aaron Jones' success on the ground, 107 yards, 5.6 yards per carry, and four touchdowns, is a credit to the scheme. We talked last week in our preview episode with RJ Ochoa um, about the Cowboys and their aggressive linebackers who play laterally, uh, sideline to sideline, really, really well. And so how do you attack that? Well, the Packers ran a ton of inside zone and used really interesting like pre-snap motion and jet sweeps and things to sort of create confusion in the defense. So those those Cowboys linebackers were like who uh, play again really well side to side were kind of like suddenly on their heels and a step behind the play. And I think that also opened up the screen game to be pretty effective. And the game ball went to Aaron Jones. He tried to give it to the offensive line. Uh, but I think both of them should have given it to LaFleur, um, who figured out a way to turn one of the Cowboys' strengths into a weakness in this game. So, again, I don't, I don't think LaFleur is the next Belichick or anything, but I do think that he is smart and, and clever. And I think, Alex, to your point, his players are having fun, and they like playing for him, and it's just refreshing. I like it. To your point, because just because like one thing that I think has bothered people on Twitter about, um, I don't think it's Matt LaFleur's fault, but... There's a lot made about like what four catches from wide receivers in this game. Um, that's just like a total testament to Matt LaFleur, I think, right? Because like he knew he was going into a game with a very limited wide receiving core and crafted a game plan where they could score a lot of freaking points against like a very good team using, I don't know, an average group of tight ends and one of his, you know, one talented running back and another guy who's just like filling in because, um, you know, some dickhead on the Eagles tried to decapitate our other our running back a week prior. Like, that's a testament to him. So, um, yeah, I thought it was. I mean, this is the best Lafleur game yet, right? Yeah, I definitely think so. Whistle the whistle. I think you. I think Ben said that in the text, like when we were watching the game, right? You're like, this is already his best game, or am I making that up? Well, it was. Yeah, it was definitely in the. It was in the first couple opening drives. I think. Uh, I I just said that Lafleur was definitely calling his best game. Uh, I mean, I th- and I think that's true on both sides of the ball. Actually, I think Patton probably called his best game too um, of this season. It was it was the one. It was this this is the game where so far basically everything came together about as well as it could. I think. Yeah. Let's move on. And Ben, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Give me your no nug, bruh. I don't know, man. <laughs> no nugs were notable. <laughs> like what? I mean. You guys both picked like pretty broad things, right? Like it's like attitude yes. and like, like I'm like I don't know. Why don't you just celebrate the celebrate the Smiths so I can play the sounder? I can celebrate the Smiths. I mean, yeah. I mean, I 
can we say that those two signings have are the best free agent signings in this decade for the Packers? Can we say that? Yeah. As a grouping them as a tandem, like that maneuver to get both of them, or each one. How are we phrasing this? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I don't know if I like. I guess we can talk about whether or not we think they'd be as effective uh, singularly. Um, I think it was a genius move to like but, you need you needed two and you got two. Yeah, I think I actually think Preston Smith is is even you know Zedaria Smith I think was was is is a good obviously a great pickup but like Preston Smith was kind of like the unheralded of the two. And I think Preston Smith has been just as good as Zadarius, um, and and like is really kind of the savvy, the savvy move, the savvy money is is the Preston. In terms of the stat line, I think he has actually been better. Yeah, I mean, and I don't, I don't mean to to reduce it to to just sacks. Um, reduce it but, to sacks. Um, reduce it. You know, I, I think. <laughs> Sorry. I think that uh, he's just. I mean, I've been really, really impressed with with both. But I, I'm trying to think if there's a single. I mean, obviously not Jimmy Graham. Um, like what? What's a comparable? I mean, I mean, I guess whatever. I guess comparing anything to the Ted Thompson era in terms of free agency is like a losing, a losing yeah. endeavor. But yeah, I mean, still really good. <laughs> up front and I guess I guess this like plays to my prediction last week that kind of whoever controlled the line of scrimmage on both teams you know in the front four in the or, or I guess you know the, the offensive line was was gonna win this game and I, I I you know speaking of which I think I guess Elton Jenkins is a uh he's a large notable nugget he played notably nugtastic he played really well there's a few I saw a few highlights um uh, in the in the Packers film breakdown Twitter sphere of of him really really creating creating some lanes again as I, as I mentioned Lafleur kind of focusing on those inside zone runs and I think that Jenkins was a big part of that I was pretty impressed with him yeah but all things considered I mean the offensive line had probably its best game of the season I think despite Bakhtiari starting yeah. two penalties I believe on the, on the first two plays or no I think that might have been play. that might have been before I actually turned the game on. And also, I mean, this another big game for the secondary. I mean, and, and the guys who are really like, you know, I don't think it's flash in the pan that the, you know, it's it's not like say Ladarius Gunter where you're like pleasantly surprised that a that a no name, you know, XFL currently up for the XFL. I think maybe got drafted. Um, you know, it, it's 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 not like a fluky kind of one-off like, Oh, Ladarius Gunter just shut down Julio Jones. Um, it's, it's a little more substantive, the depth in the secondary this yeah. time around. By the way, while we're talking about like awesome things that just, we love to see and all the celebration, all that stuff. Um, did you guys see the Shandon Sullivan, um, the Nick Collins thing, like ode to Nick yeah. Collins. That should have been my note. No, that I didn't see it on the broadcast, but I saw it on Twitter. Um, like after his interception, he kind of just like got down on his knees and threw his hands up in the air, the same way Nick Collins did when he ran back that pick in the Super Bowl in that in stadium that very building, uh, which was so cool. Like, what a way to endear yourself, to, like yourself to Packers fans. Um, 
like I literally found out who he was like when he intercepted that pass and to see that he had like the you know he was clearly like knowledge of Nick Collins meaning a ton to us and perhaps to him I thought that was really cool he's a guy that I've been following but I I did I did laugh out loud to to get that text from you what is a Sullivan <laughs> Well, because we talk about that all the time, like how many times that happens with the Packers. Right, and you're like halfway through last good. year, and you're like, like you're what the <laughs> hell is a Raven Green? What is this? Yeah, and it's you know, it's not always when they make a great play, but uh, he made he made a very good play there. Although, um, as great a play as he made, that was a terrible throw from Prescott because there were, you know, I think Blake Martinez was finally in position downfield in a passing play, and I think Tremont Williams also might have had an interception there. So, um, yeah, Dak's numbers look great, but, man, like... I feel like Petten really uh, screwed with him um, a lot in that game. Which well, his great. yardage looked great, but two touchdowns, three interceptions is not the ratio you want. Yeah, and I think, um, I, you know, I think LaFleur maybe said it even about Jair. Like, you can live with, you know, him getting beat up a little bit by Amari Cooper when he's going to make one or two, like, game-changing plays a game. And it's also not frequent that he gets beat up like that. Although, like, he's been matched up with a lot of number ones, and he struggled a bit. Like he's clearly learning, but he's also making a ton of plays while doing so, which I think is is really phenomenal. Totally. All right, guys, we are going to get to some listener note nugs and open up the mailbag right after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We're back as I struggle with my little boopity boop soundboard over here. Let's get into some uh, listener note nugs at the APC pod on Twitter. Tweet us after each and every game, hashtag note nugs, and uh, tell us what you thought was notable coming out of the game. We'll also wrap this up into uh, a little listener mailbag session. Could I just point something out? I think I think we talked about the Smiths and we didn't use the sounder. Oh, well, it has to happen organically. Okay, well, let's just put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> nothing is nothing is organic. <laughs> we also, we I guess then we also need the disclaimer that you know Morrissey's politics are are not endorsed uh, by the pod. Yes, we support we support uh, we support the music and not the musician. We support Zadaria Smith and Preston Smith more specifically. I support all the other three guys in the Smiths still. I'm a big I, I still stand by Johnny Marr. I don't know that much about, about the other guys. Actually, full disclosure, I'm not a huge Smiths fan, but my wife is. She has a Smiths tattoo. So I don't know if that, that earns us Preston or Zadarius. <laughs> Zadarius all the way. He's so charming. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Arius of the week, like forever now. He is the Arius of the week. This is the dawning of the age of 
I think it's the first time this season that we got to play that sounder too. All right, now we're just annoying people. I mean, really, you're just slacking on the sounders, is what this is pointing out. I mean, like, because we we had plenty of opportunity for ages of Zadarius. That's true. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Also, how much do you hope every off season that the Packers get Keep an Arius? Bo- well, you know, if if we lose Zadarius, then I'll just have to follow the the XFL because Ladarius Gunter is going to be an XFL player. I found out today thanks to Twitter. <laughs> oh, that. That's still coming it's, back. It's a thing. thing. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, guys. All right. At the ABC pod on Twitter for your notable nuggets. And let's get to some of those now. Uh, Diane tweets in, Jimmy G can block. Holy shit, you guys. I don't know if you saw that, but more than once, maybe three times, there was a block from... Jimmy Graham, although I'm like programmed to think Jimmy Garoppolo whenever I see Jimmy G, but clearly talking about Packers tight end, much maligned Jimmy Graham, who these past few games after I so, so vehemently climbed the hill saying I'm done with this guy has, has come out and had two really good games. And, um, yeah, he was blocking. I I can't argue with that. Alex, what do you think? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I thought for sure that my eyes, uh, played a trick on me on that one play where it was a downfield like pancake block well just kind of like a crack back um I thought I thought whoever that defender was must have slipped or something like that but I mean props for him to like seeking contact I think that that's a that's a big clearly the defender blew that play it could not have been my (laughs) eyes deceived me I was just caught off guard by that but yeah um he was out there blocking catching but not no, no catch like that big bob catch though Let's be real. He still stole the show, tight end wise. <laughs> Big f-ing Bob. Now who's slacking on the Sounders? <laughs> nice. It's the only reason I brought it up. I'm glad we're in sync. All right, guys. Frank. Frank tweets in his notable nugget. Uh, next three games are brutal. Lions off a bye. Raiders off a bye. Chiefs with ten days rest. Uh, Raiders off a bye a few days ago. I would have I wouldn't have put that in the brutal category, but they just did us a favor and and beat the Bears in pretty dramatic fashion overseas. That was fun to catch the tail end of that game locally for me here in New Mexico. What do you guys think about that three game stretch? I I think I actually I am worried about the Lions a little bit. I'm more worried about the Lions than I am about the Raiders. Definitely. Yeah, the Lions are one of those teams. They're better than they seem better than we thought they were going to be. But we also they had a buy, so we haven't seen them for a while. So it's like this whole unknown thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- I think I think the Lions are pretty decent. Not, I mean, I think the Lions are pretty average in overall, but in that kind of obnoxious NFL way where they can beat anybody. And also, I think that. Um, you know, they've kind of had the Packers number in recent years, and I don't necessarily know if that's changed uh, just because, you know, there's been changes at the top. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I would worry way more about the Lions and the Raiders. Uh, I think it helps they're both at home. I mean, the Raiders did do us a favor, but I've kind of chalked that one up to London. I don't know. I'm just like... I, I don't think that the Raiders are, are very good. I mean, also the Bears just maybe aren't very good either. I think the Raiders went straight after their game because they played like somewhere either in the uh like central time zone the week before maybe it was tennessee or something or like out east and immediately after their game they like they were in london by like monday morning prepping there all week um i don't think that's true about the bears and like sometimes when you 
travel over to England and are out of your element, like weird shit yeah. happens. I don't know. I feel like there's always like a weird London game per year where you're like, the Jaguars beat who? Like what? Um, so yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I'm not worried about the Raiders at Lambeau. If the Packers lost that game, I would. I feel like I would change how I feel about them. As a well, team. what about the Chiefs, Alex? I will ask that question by way of Louis tweeting in some some optimism as opposed to the the last tweet. Uh, six and one is very possible, and they've won games in different ways, which I think bodes well. What do you think of that? Yeah, uh, I think that's very true, and I think the Chiefs have shown that they are vulnerable. Um, I think going on the road at the Chiefs is is complicated. Um, I will say this, that the Packers defense and how quickly here's, what's great about the Packers. Um, when you're facing Pat Mahomes, um, they, the Packers can generate a, a lot of pressure by sending four guys. So I think that that is good. Um, now Mahomes is probably still going to get his, they have, the Packers have given up some big yardage totals, but I'm not as worried about that game. Um, just knowing that like, as great of an offense as the Packers may face, um, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm very encouraged by the way they played against a Cowboys team that has a lot of talent that has been lighting it up in terms of like their, their metrics on yeah. offense. So, um, and I think that's just that the Packers, I mean, when you have that good of a pass rush, you can stay in games, you can get a key three and out and they can do it sending four guys so that they can cover all that speed that the chiefs have. Um, uh, meanwhile, the chiefs defense is not good. So, um, that's going to, you know, that, that to me has like, game of the season type stuff written all over it. I mean, such a marketable game, such an amazing game. I'm super, I'm super amped about that one. Yeah. Me as well. I thought, uh, leading up to this, this Cowboys game that this might be the game of the season, but they played so well. Now I'm ready to upgrade the, the chiefs to game of the season. Devlin writes in with his hashtag note nug. Can I please just complain about Rogers a little without scrutiny? I'd just like to say that I wish he would play the offense. I remember earlier this offseason, people asking if he'd ever change how he played, and I didn't think he would. So far, he hasn't. Uh, Devlin, in terms of um, being allowed to complain about Rodgers without scrutiny, that's not going to happen for me because I'm going to scrutinize this this tweet because I think that it is incorrect. I think that he has been playing more within an offensive scheme this year than in the past several years. And I talked about it at length two episodes ago that I, I thought that he was behaving himself in the offense. He was making those those initial scheduled throws um, when he needed to run around and take that second look. He was making that second decision very quickly. And I think that that continued in this game. And there's just less, Ben, as you put it, hero ball. There's way less hero ball going on. And so I just kind of fundamentally uh, disagree with that that as like a narrative this year that it's the same old Rodgers. I don't think that's true at all. I I mean, I think it's a lot of the good old Rodgers, but I don't, I'm not, I guess I'm really curious why that complaint came up after the last game. Like, I'm just curious kind of what they're looking at to be, to be so kind of sure that, that, that some transgression had occurred. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't, there was no moment in the last game where I was like, Oh, just run the offense. Um, and I, I didn't, I mean, I guess I, I, when I'm thinking back, I mean, there's a moment where he comes off the sidelines and yells at somebody. There's a bit of a miscommunication. Um, there was some communication down the sideline, I think, on, on one passing play. Um, but I mean, honestly, Rodgers played, ran a hell of an offense on a 
offense that didn't have you know its main weapons and i don't i don't know what what anybody would have wanted to go differently on a road game against the dallas cowboys you know i I don't i don't see what 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 was wrong in that game so i also agree that uh no cannot cannot complain about rogers without scrutiny at this moment I have another another tweet that I'm I'm going to be a little critical of. Craig writes in and says, once again, the offense cools off in the second half and Rodgers looks frustrated. Sure, the other team adjusts, but Packers owe inability to move left the defense out to dry. And if Dallas if Dallas wasn't tripping over itself, could have turned this around. I think that there are a number of problems with this perception of that game. Firstly, the offense and this is a narrative that I've heard all week long, the offense did not cool off in the second half. They scored 17 points in the first half and they scored 17 points in the second half. That is literally like the box score of the game. I understand that the perception of it as you're watching it and you're a few high lifes in or, or, you know, lining kugels, depending on which sector of Wisconsin you're in, which lake you're sitting on. I understand that the perception of it was as the Cowboys were climbing back into it that, oh, it's the same old Packers, you know, they start off hot and then they get cool in the second half but in the second half but that is literally not what happened in this game. Uh, the other thing I take issue with is the idea that Dallas was tripping all over itself and that's why they couldn't get it turned around. They were tripping all over the Packers defense which played really well. I don't know. That's my take. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Troy Aikman made a case early in the game that uh you know, when the Packers were about to take a three-score lead that Dallas's offense was having its way with the Packers defense and they kind yeah. of were, but and they kind of continued to the rest of the game, except for the like the fact that they would cross midfield and then the Packers would make a huge play and create a, a turnover. Or even on one of their touchdowns. I mean, the last touchdown that they scored was after basically two turnovers were wiped out by, you know, somewhat questionable penalties. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I To complain about the way the Packers win, I, I just know it, like... Last year, it was that the Packers would get off to ridiculously slow starts and have to hope that hero ball in the end would save them. You know, now they're, you know, they hit the ground running every single game. And you, you can't expect their defense to just get three and outs all game against the Cowboys. Um, yeah, it felt a little tense and closer than it should have been. But like you said, I thought it was a very balanced performance from the offense. By the way, plus 39 first quarter point differential. Like if the Packers are going to just like, start you know start letting teams score like in the third quarter and everything like that like when you go up 21 nothing every game and you may squeak out a 10 point win who so be it they were they were a three and a half point underdog on the road in this game and they won by two scores like that's that's really great also i i there's a part of me that's just curious what any of these people expected from this team what do you people expect how... <laughs> well i'm just like like how how is anything this season uh from the off season made you think that this team is somehow underperforming. I, I feel the complete opposite and that the team is exceeding my expectations. Yeah. What makes a good football team, a good football team. And we've seen this with the Patriots a lot this season is taking what the other team gives you in terms of mistakes. Yeah. And the Packers have been so like ruthlessly clinical in driving the knife. Like it's not like it's not, it's fun to see other teams like blow calls and like blow coverages and drop <laughs> interceptions that they should make. Like the Packers have been ruthless and clinical and you know, like you're not going to win every game by, you know, two touchdowns and feel good in the fourth quarter. Although basically that's what happened this game. Um, 
and taking advantage of of teams mistakes early on and like you know taking what they give you in the first quarter like that's what i want to see this team do is like win ruthlessly not necessarily by running up the score in the fourth quarter but by like you know taking the points on the board when they're there i do want to say like i I don't want to sound like uh craig like i I think i'm glad he brought that up because i think it is a talking point because i do think that most packer games have felt like they start really fast and start to fizzle and just barely hang on but it was the cowboys like if they did that against the Jets, I'd be pissed. But like, there's no way you could have expected them to, you know, knowing what you know about both teams. If if I told you without watching the game, like ten point victory at the Cowboys, and I showed you like the box score, you'd be like, yeah, that's a that's an incredible performance. Yeah. It just happened to feel different, like in the second half because the Cowboys were answering, but the Packers were still like, you know, <laughs> I mean, basically still key. If that game went on longer. I think the Packers probably still would have won. That's the feeling I got. Well, and if the Packers if the Packers won with a last second field goal, everybody would be saying what a great like comeback victory, you know, you know, how how good it is to go on the road and snatch, you know, yeah. a victory whether or not they should have won. Um, you know, we would not be having this conversation. So I, I it does seem like a bit of a perception issue more than a reality issue. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, little bit of a, a reality check in terms of the possible narrative outcomes of these games. And to sum that up, to put a point on it, we'll finish our note nugs with John, who who writes in. Um, As the game wore on and the injuries piled up, mostly on defense, that's why Dallas seemed to come back. And Dallas made adjustments after half, af- after halftime, after getting out coached uh, in the first half. People are complaining about the offense, who scored 34 points without adams or williams i think that's some good perspective on that and uh, with that let's move into our mailbag section you've got mail (laughs) and we'll play the mail sounder even though we're just kind of doing a general mailbag section for half of this whole show but um you really called me out on not playing enough sounders so there it is there it is people there's your sounders at the APC pod on Twitter, the APC podcast at gmail.com as well. All of these questions coming in uh, to our Twitter account. So we turn for our first question to Ryan on Twitter asking, is Ben feeling the same or different than last week now that we worked Dallas? I love that he's asking this specifically of you, Ben, because I feel like I'm I'm a generalist on this show and I'm very I can be very wishy-washy i'm like oh we should ask ben fennel and and you're more like this is what i think what do you think ben really i felt super wishy-washy last week i'm trying to remember how i felt last week um (laughs) uh i guess like i i'm a little curious like what is the reference to my prediction that this team could lose the next four games and i wouldn't feel that worried about it um i yeah i mean look I'm a Bayesian, right? Like I got more information than I did last week and, and it has improved my estimation of this team's uh, potential. But also last week, didn't I say that I thought this is a Super Bowl? Like when we were talking about the top, like this is a Super Bowl worthy team. Yeah. I I feel like I said that. Maybe I just, no, I think you actually, I think you said it was like they had a potential to be a top five, top three team even. 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I don't. I don't feel differently about that. Um, I think that. I think one thing. So you know, I, I sent that tweet to you guys today that was looking at uh, yards, yards per attempt or whatever the net yards on offense and defense. And Dallas was at the top of the list, and then there's some other teams, and then and the Packers are down in the middle. But I think that one of the things that that misses contextually is like this offense didn't really start clicking until game three, and even then it was kind of clicking and. St- spurts and stops um so i don't see any i mean uh, yes injuries will make this team you know will pose challenges to this team but i haven't seen a reason to think that they're not good um and my analysis from last week of the rest of the league still holds up and that i don't actually think that anybody in the nfl is all that good this year like there's there is no kind of like megatron world crushing you know juggernaut as we saw yesterday with the Chiefs, and maybe hopefully could even see a couple weeks from now with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are as close as you get to that, but defensively still like a shambles. I think the Patriots are right there too. I would put those two teams in this. Yeah, the Patriots are really, really good, but also have not played anybody good yet. <laughs> like, and don't really know how they stack up against like a real football team. Yeah, they played a really I, good I, defense I, in Buffalo. Maybe I'm Buffalo can't score. So yeah, yeah, and they didn't they didn't run all over them offensively. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't, and and the fact that that def- I mean, New England's defense is really really good, but I don't, you know, beating up on the Miami Dolphins and the Darnold list Jets and you know. It's not. I don't see anything to be like. Oh my God, this team is unstoppable. Yeah, to me, that's the same. The same syndrome that the Cowboys had coming into this game. It's like, okay, you guys feel really optimistic, but you know who has, who who have you played? The Giants with Eli Manning, the you know Washington and Miami, just a bunch of garbage fires basically, and then you lost to Teddy Bridgewater, and the New Orleans Saints. So, although Teddy looked good yesterday. Go Teddy. I, yeah, I, I I like Teddy. I got I got no beef with Teddy, and I also I'm on team free Stefan Diggs, but that should surprise no one. Well, speaking of Stefan Diggs, come on down to the Packers. We're moving on to our next question coming in from Ben Saylor. He says there's a lot of talk about trading for a wide receiver. In theory, is this a sound strategy to ensure offensive success is sustainable long term this season? Or would this potentially take away from the existing receiver's development behind Adams? Alex, what do you think? Um, oh man, it's the old development right, so question. The, yeah, I want those guys to develop. I don't think it means that they can't develop if there's like one more capable guy there. But I, it all depends on the price tag for me. I know that that's like a, a cop out answer. I, I I think the Packers are capable of winning, and arguably like capable of you know, competing for a Super Bowl with the team they have right now, you know, it, with Devontae Adams being healthy, let's say, like if he returns at full strength and things like that. Um, so I, I'm not desperate. You know, I don't think they need to approach it where they're they're desperate for a receiver and should be willing to give up high draft capital uh, for one. But, you know, if, if somebody, you know, someone who didn't uh, just get accused of rape, like falls in your lap for a fifth or sixth round pick or something like that, that happens to have some talent, then yeah, yeah. like uh, I would be more than willing to do add him to the mix. Because, um, I you know, MVS is a guy who's got to develop it. He's still going to see the field a ton if there's another like decent receiver in this mix. 
Same with Geronimo Allison. Like, and also Allison's been in the league a long time. Yeah, it's, Allison you know, is it, the one that I think is like, what what are you hoping to see from a ceiling that you haven't already seen from Geronimo? Yeah. Yeah, he's been given like pretty ample opportunity to develop. In fact, like I, I mean, I guess like his lack of production is the thing, and it's just, you know, it just it's because he was on the TV screen uh yesterday. But like I miss Randall Cobb so much because Allison came in, he's like, Okay, like he's gonna play in the slot, he's got this chance to shine, like I'm kind of done expecting him to shine. You yeah, know? I don't. He's so, he's nothing special. Not to yeah. not to sound like a big jerk, but uh, no, he's like a okay receiver. He can make some play, make great plays in the in the Philadelphia game. But having another like competent guy in that in that you know meeting room in the in the wide receiver room is doesn't mean that MVS isn't going to get a chance. He's going to get ample opportunities. In fact, like we were talking about Devontae Adams' target percentage. Um, you know, the, the first like three or four games of the season not being high yeah. enough because all these other guys were getting yeah. targets. And some of that's the running back, some of that's the tight ends. But I mean, I want balance. You know, I don't think they need to force feed anybody to to try to get them to shine. Um, that's that's not the way this offense is right now. So uh, I would do yeah. it I, yeah, I, for the right price. I mean, I don't, I, I, MVS is the only one who I think I have that much to worry about like development and like taking time away from. And he ran some pretty polished routes yesterday. The one that got called back on pass interference was like pretty great. He's also older than people think because he was drafted at 24, I think. Yeah. Uh, you're supposed to hit a ding there, I believe. Um, <laughs> so MVS is like, MVS is 25 this season, I think. I might be wrong, but. Um, and that's like, you know, Brandon Cooks is a year older than that. Michael, like, you know, these aren't like young guys. Uh, some of them. Anyway, if 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 um, if Equinemius was was healthy, I would be more worried about the taking away, you know, time to shine from, you know, a, a worthy receiver who I wish would get more looks. Um, but you know, I I think Alan Alan Lazard or uh, um, Darius Shepard are are good and should should get some some burn i'm not worried about screwing up jake kumaro's development like he's 27 um <laughs> thank you um and and Got i, I mean i think the at the end of the day i mean it really does come down to kind of like price and and whether you're kind of scraping a bargain bin uh you know i i would say that emmanuel sanders is the one that i see as a fit in terms of uh you know probably a price tag that doesn't mortgage the future and uh ability to kind of fit into the team as it's currently constructed yeah um yeah i mean that would be that would be my go-to um but who knows yeah okay yeah exactly i agree with everything you said people were having a legitimate conversation on twitter about whether or not jordy nelson should come out of retirement to play for this team (laughs) they need a receiver that is an illegitimate that that would that that's an illegitimate conversation Mm. i know but i mean Seriously, so like when that idea starts popping into your head, I think it means that there there's a clear need. Let's move to the defense with uh, John P. writing in. I think I like our defense, but statistics suggest differently. Bottom third in total yards, middle of the league in passing yards, bottom sixth in rushing yards. Turnovers look good, but am I looking through green and gold glasses or will stats eventually even out um i may be misremembering 
and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would point you to a Super Bowl winning defense in 2010 that looked much the same. So I, you may be misremembering because if I'm not mistaken, I think they ended the regular season as the number two ranked defense in terms of yards ah. per game, or maybe it was points. But um, sorry, guys, I was only 10 years old when that game happened. So we had a commenter on the blog who said that uh, I don't know. Basically, we're all 18, which is not true. We're all basically 30 to 35. Come on. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, and that's why I would. You know. <laughs> uh, all right, and I'm not gonna. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, my my. My th- to me, I operate under the general rule that um, for as long as Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback of the Packers, you could leak some yards. If you're going to be up amongst the league lead in sacks and takeaways, you're going to win a lot and you're going to have enough. Yeah, I because agree. Even this version of Aaron Rodgers is still not making stupid play. Like we, how many times do we have to talk? There's, there's one recipe. It's called take the ball away from the other team and don't give it to them cheaply. And this team has that. So like. I if you want to, I mean, how many times have they allowed huge drives and then they had two game-ending picks in the end zone against uh, against the other two teams in the division who are their biggest competition? So um, you know, and they gave up a shit ton of yards uh, on Sunday to the Cowboys in a game that you know their defense dominated. Um, so I don't know why I'm getting so defensive. It was like a fair question. Totally, it's a totally fair question. <laughs> it was a good question, but uh, to me, it's like. Um, yeah, man, I, I'll take the takeaways over the, the you know, oh, 250 total yards or whatever all day. I will also just point out that the Packers uh, currently rank, well, not currently, I, I, I haven't added, they haven't added the last game, but uh, in terms of DVOA, uh, Packers are fourth in the league, or fifth, fifth, I believe. Wait, nope, wait, maybe I miss, no, they're seventh, sorry. Top 10, still good. <laughs> Fifth in pass defense, uh, 27th in rush defense. But here's the here's the thing about that. Passing, a lot more valuable than rushing on yes. offense. Uh, you will beat that drum into yeah. the ground. And well, uh, you're look, not wrong. You'll beat, a, beat Saquon Bar- Barkley's body into the ground. I mean, he was an incredibly good and efficient rusher last season, and it didn't matter jack shit. Yep, that is accurate. Same with Zeke a lot of the time. I mean, like, look, he puts up hundreds of yards, yeah. and, and a lot of times the Dallas D can't do anything either. Or offense, sorry. One last question before we get out of here, coming in from Jared Van Dyke. How concerned are you about Lindsley missing time? Definitely seemed like the offense was a little off without him. I definitely think that is uh, true, but I do think that Lucas Patrick, for for the bad snaps that he had, uh, did come in and and play pretty well um, in the blocking game. I thought I thought he did really well, and I think that the snaps are a thing that you can clean up. I'm not not worried about it because center is a very important position, and uh, on, the only other position to touch the ball on every play. And if you can't snap, that's kind of a problem. And we talked about it before the season began that we thought s- uh, depth behind center was a was was a little bit of a a concern, but ultimately. Um, I was pretty pleased with the way he played. I think that, and this is hard to to totally gauge off TV, but I think we can also say from Dallas's struggles in the red zone that it was very loud yesterday in in uh, whatever they call that AT and T. Um, and I think that might have played a role too in in you know I think in that sort of like damage mitigation, like hold a lead situation. I think. 
you know, he performed admirably. I think having a, a week with the offense and a week and, and two home games in a row will also help significantly with that. Yeah. All right, guys. That's the end of our, our little Q&A section here as we hit the polka. And both of you guys, Alex and Ben, Bob, in your seats. We're going to get out of here for now. The Packers play the Lions on Monday night football next week. Ooh. So we got an extra day to here to try to scramble together, get you guys some extra content, do a Lions preview podcast. We are working on it. And um, if you're wondering, hey, where is that? You can always tweet at us at the APC pod. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about it. At Zach Rapport, at Alex Patakis, at Ben Foldy. Another thing you can do is subscribe to the show, and then we'll just send it to you. Whenever we got it, we'll send it to you. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating. Those are very much appreciated. And, um, yeah, that's all we got for you. The Packers beat the Cowboys 34-24, to 4-1 and one ahead in the division. Big game next week because uh, the Lions tied one game, so even though they're 2-1-1, one one, if they win next week, They'll be ahead in the division, technically speaking, which that would be like the most Lions thing to happen, I think. Anyway, yeah, we're going to get out of here, and we will talk to you guys in a couple days. See you. Go back, go away. See you.